are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke, joined by Jason Shear, editor of Wildcat Authority. You can follow Jason on Twitter at Jason Shear. Jason is uh, rapidly getting more Twitter followers since his unfortunate uh, hacking earlier. He has more than me now, which I don't know if that's more of a reflection on how cool Jason is or how lame I am. But either way, Jason's here with us. How you doing there, boss? Doing well. How about you, buddy? Yeah, not too bad. All right, let's get down to the brass tacks here. Everybody's uh, wondering who on this U of A basketball team is going to be back and who isn't. Now, you've had a number of names that have entered the portal already. You've got uh, Kura you've got, and you've got James Akinjo. We're going to start there. Now, it seems from your reporting that James Akinjo is one that's most likely gone. Is that fair? And if so, what is his next step? Uh, yeah, Akinjo, I'd be absolutely shocked if he came back. The guys he came to Arizona for... Sean Miller and Danny Peters, none of them are, are coming back. And um, just different head coach, different fit. He's a guy that he has to be comfortable with you. Um, so, you know, out of anybody that enters the portal now or eventually, he would be the biggest surprise. Uh, last I heard, Auburn and Baylor were the two schools that are most involved. But it, it's early. He's going to have his suitors. You can make the case he is, you know, the second best, you know, at least top five player in the portal. So, um, anytime you can add a guy like him that's a point guard, you're you're going to do it. So he has or will have plenty of options. All right. Now, let's let's talk about Kerr, because he's obviously he didn't take the news about Sean Miller. Well, but he does at least I would be assume be familiar with Tommy Lloyd just from Tommy Lloyd's time recruiting Europe. Is there more of a chance of him coming back next year? Yeah, so I think what, you know, I'm not even sure if what made him mad was the fact that Sean Miller was let go. I mean, he was disappointed. I think it was how they found out this is a kid that trusted Arizona, came, you know, overseas, and then he found out his coach was fired uh, over Twitter. And so right. a lot of the kids were uh, were mad at that. But um, I think he has a very real chance of coming back. He has a, a teammate and a good friend on Gonzaga, Martinez Arlauskas, who was recruited by Tommy Lloyd. And um, supposedly Arlaskis texted uh, Kerr and said, look, you're, you're in good hands. You're going to be just fine. you got to trust this guy. Um, and, and so my guess is he entered the portal to kind of be re-recruited and, and see what's out there. But he's a guy where it would actually surprise me if he transferred, even though he's in the portal. I, I think he eventually comes back. And doesn't Kerr feel like the kind of guy, too, that would thrive under a Tommy Lloyd-type offense? Because I don't want to paint everybody with the same broad brush here, but he kind of has the look of a Gonzaga-type player, and that's a good thing, not a bad thing. Yeah, I mean, he's a great fit. He, he can shoot. Uh, he can play both guard positions. I actually think he's better on the ball, which he would be able to do. He would work well with with Ty Ty Washington, figure they they get him or whatever point guard they bring in. He's a four-year guy, and that's something that we're going to see a little bit more of under Tommy Lloyd, the developmental three-, four-year guy type of guys, players, instead of the one-and-done obvious type of players. Um, so he'd be a great fit, and, and that's why they're recruiting him to come back. All right. Now, the pitches are fairly straightforward for guys like that. Now, the one guy that hasn't entered the portal yet, and I think a lot of people thought that he might, is Benedict Matherin. And you and I have talked quite a bit about this uh, just via, uh, via text, via me harassing you on the phone call when you're taking your wife and daughter places, all kinds of different places. But 
to me, Ben Matherin is the one that I think would really would really do well, I think, in a in a more up tempo, a little bit maybe more offensively flavored type system. Again, not a diss towards Sean Miller, but if I'm Ben Matherin and I want to get to the NBA, I'm not sure that my best path isn't coming back to Arizona for another year. Yeah, he's a confused kid right now. I mean, I don't blame him, but he he went from definitely going in the portal. You know, he got rid of all the Arizona stuff on his social media, and it's like, all right, he's gone. And then the next day, it's back up, and he's talking about how he's doing workouts with players. And so I, I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a good sign he hasn't entered yet, but this is something where it could just be a matter of him meeting with the coach a few times, um, seeing if he's comfortable and going from there. But they want him back. They want him to stay. And, and like you said, uh, he's a great fit. They're going to get up and run. Uh, he's got to get a little better defensively, but he would have had to do that in any system. And this system fits him where he gets out in transition. He's able to get those open jumpers. Um, you know, he, he didn't really have a, a very multi-dimensional game last season. It was mostly jumpers and getting out in transition, but this Gonzaga offense fits him. And when you look at the roster, if he comes back, he's starting and getting a, a very large chunk of minutes, most likely. So I think when you're looking at the roster overall, um, I don't know what's out there for him, but if he enters the portal, I, I kind of think it would be silly considering the minutes and the type of team that he could be coming back to next year. I think you and I are kind of on the same page when it comes to uh, Azulis Tabellas. I think we would both be fairly surprised if he did not come back next year. Is is that fair to say? Yeah, and I think one of the biggest factors is if you take him out of the portal, let's say he entered the portal and you want to take him, you got to take the brother too. Right. And Arizona is willing to give the brother a scholarship in order to keep him here, even though the brother isn't a scholarship player. Um, so that's one of the biggest reasons why I would just be really surprised if, if he decided to transfer. Now, I've got no feel whatsoever for some of the auxiliary players, your Daylon Terry's, your Jordan Brown's, Christian Coloco. What are you hearing on that? Or just what does kind of your common sense tell you when it comes to players of that ilk? Because I really don't have a feel for any of those three. Yeah, I mean, Dalen, I thought, was gone. I think the initial meeting with Lloyd, I don't want to say it wasn't great, but Lloyd and, and Sean Miller are very different, and I think it, it'll take some time to transition. But then the other day, Ty Ty Washington says that Dalen Terry has been aggressive recruiting him to Arizona, and you don't do that uh, unless you're staying. Jordan Brown went to go get his NBA score. I think we know how that went. <laughs> um, so <laughs> so he's probably coming back unless he wants to go you know, drop down a level and get the ball more. Uh, Coloco, I'd probably say 60-40 leaving last I heard, but that's another guy. What are that, his options? Uh, you know, he, he, you never know when you enter the portal. I mean, you, you can enter the portal, people see a seven-foot center, and they go nuts. I, I mean, a lot of times with the portal, these guys that wind up at certain schools, they're they're playing above their heads. And we've seen it with Arizona even where, you know, it, it's just like Jamal Baker went from Arizona to Fresno State, and there's a reason for that. Um, and, and so it, it's he would get – I'm sure he would get a good spot and get some good minutes out of school. But um, he's a guy where, you know, I, out of all the guys left, I kind of question how he fits. I could see him going. If I was him, I probably would go um, just because the way that everything looks for him. But um, he's probably, to me, the, the most up in the air out there. If you're not taking advantage of rockauto.com, you should because that's where you can get the best parts at the cheapest price and it's the most user-friendly. Jason Shear and his wife have been taking advantage of this. My parents have as well. And like my mom said the other day, the best thing about it is you go on there and it's very easy to navigate. You can look at certain options and say, you know what, 
I need to look for some brake pads. And you know what? Boom, click, brake pads. They are cheapest prices. There's a reason that rockauto.com is taking over the automobile industry. And don't be the last one to get on. Be one of the first. I'm your host, Mike Luke, joined by Jason Shear, making his second appearance, but not his second to last appearance on Locked On Wildcats. Now, we just talked about roster retention. Now, let's get into the recruiting because everybody out there as a U of A fan always has a little bit of a recruiting uh, heart. And Dylan Anderson, big man out of Gilbert, Arizona, top 50 recruit, committed to Arizona this past weekend. I like Dylan Anderson. I uh, I think there's something to be said, what Jason has talked about, how he might be a little bit better fit for Tommy Lloyd. But when you watch Dylan Anderson play, he's a guy who he's got a decent shot. He's actually got an underrated game around the basket, and I think you're going to see Tommy Lloyd try to utilize that more. But this is a guy, Jason, that he's not going to be a one-and-done, but he certainly has NBA potential. And while you, it is fair to say that he's probably a little soft, you can also look at him and say, this is a guy, though, that has a lot of stuff that you can't really teach. And I think he's a great addition as the first known commit to the Tommy Lloyd era. Yeah, I mean, this was a done deal. He was going to go to Gonzaga. Um, there were some questions about location and all that. And honestly, Sean Miller probably would have been able to land him had there not been the sanctions and all that hanging over. But as soon as Tommy Lloyd got hired at Arizona, uh, it was a done deal. I didn't think it would happen that quickly, but it, it was a done deal. And like you mentioned, you know, it, it's certain players fit certain systems. And I think Dylan Anderson is a great fit um, for what can what Gonzaga, what Arizona is going to do um, offensively, especially um, being able to kind of face up and post up being versatile. They could step up. Um, he's another one of these guys that are is big, but thinks he could play the three. Uh, he can't. But, you know, it's nice that he he is working on that skill set. Um, the thing is, when you, you mentioned him being soft and. Um, I don't know if I would describe him that way. I think that a lot of times um, we describe players that are soft as guys that also don't have a motor, but Dylan Anderson has a motor. He always plays hard. I think it's with him, it's a matter of he needs to get stronger. Um, he's skinny, which a lot of guys his age and his size are, so he'll need to put on weight, and that might be a concern freshman year. But, I mean, look, you're, you're on the job one day, and you land a top 50 player, and it comes from the state of Arizona. Um, it, it's a good get any day of the week. And how bad of a look, even though he was never going to go to ASU, is it for ASU that this is a kid whose parents went there? They've been recruiting him since he was 13. And oh, by the way, Tommy Lloyd hops in here and within a 24 hours, you've got a commitment from a kid that ASU would have absolutely salivated to get, garner a commitment from. Yeah, it's funny. I've, I've talked to Dylan and his dad a few times, and I don't think they've ever mentioned ASU, which is really weird because both parents played sports there like they're they are an asu family they're right there and asu was never landing him and i don't even know if it was a bobby hurley thing i, I mean it's just he's a very good player and he's got his eyes set on, on somewhere else but like you mentioned you know it naturally asu fans are going to say oh arizona hired an assistant for 20 years blah 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 the guy's on the job for like 12 hours and has a commitment and it's a commitment that like you mentioned asu would have loved and would have gone down as the highest ranked player in that class probably so um, it's a big get there, and I think it's kind of a message to the Pac-12 because, you know, everyone's saying, can Tommy Lloyd recruit domestically, and the first recruit he gets is domestic and a top 50 guy. All right, now let's talk about Ty Ty Washington out of Phoenix. I think this has a bigger impact than maybe some people think, and here's why. I think the question that when you go to a school like Arizona as opposed to Gonzaga is can you get a little bit more of 
the city type player, for lack of example, you know, a guy that kind of does his own thing out there, has a lot of one-on-one flair. And if Tommy Lloyd can get Ty Ty Washington, who is the epitome of that type of player, and able to do it in a quick amount of time, I think that alleviates some of the concern. It's not a concern I have, but it's certainly a concern that I've heard from some people out there. So Ty Ty Washington, besides the fact that he's a really good point guard who would start from day one, I think would also indicate that Tommy Lloyd can recruit a type of guy that maybe some people are a little skeptical that he'd be able to hop right in and get. This would be Tommy Lloyd, and and Ty Ty wants to decide by the end of the month. So he wants to decide in the next two weeks. So this would be Tommy Lloyd walking into Arizona and in two, three weeks landing a recruit that is looking at Kentucky, Kansas, Baylor, like your cream of the crop. And and they have a very real chance of getting Ty Ty. Like this isn't just him listing them as a favor. They are absolutely in there. Um, And so for them to come in, like I mentioned that Dylan Anderson was a message to the Pac-12 this would be a message to the country saying, look, I've been on this job for three years. You all thought I would have to go the international route. Well, here I am getting clearly the best player available, a point guard that every team in the country wants pretty much. And I did it in three weeks. And so it would be a very, very big deal. And it'd be a bigger deal if he's successful. And he's another guy. We talk about system fit. Uh, he's great. Like he, he, I would be, he, he would be stepping in. He would be the starting point guard. Um, and as, as good as I, as we both think Akinjo is, Ty Ty has to do a, a little bit with them not recruiting Akinjo to come back as hard because him and Akinjo, Washington and Akinjo can't play together. And there's kind of a certain message and potential with Washington where he is easily the, the top player on their board, portal, not portal, whatever. Yeah. And I think if you're Ty Ty, what better fit are you going to find? Because again, any you can go to about any place in the country, but you're going to go to a place where you know that the coach wants you to succeed because you know what? I want to continue to recruit the best in-state kids, especially from these prep schools. I've got a glaring opening at the point guard position. It's a blank slate. So if you're in the Ty Ty Washington camp, I don't know that you're going to find a better example. Plus you get to get away from home, but you know what? It's close enough that your parents can go to all of the games as well, assuming that things will be open by this time, you know, in college basketball season. So I think it works on both sides. And there's not a lot of times in recruitments where you can really say that. Yeah. I mean, Ty Ty is close with his dad and his family and they'd be able to come see him. And, you know, you take a look at the class. I don't know who they're going to keep. Um, I know KJ Simpson has, has asked out of his, his NLI. I don't know if I just broke that, but he's officially asked out. <laughs> but That's uh, why we have you on. That, that that should happen in the next, you know, few days. Um, Tommy Lloyd talked to him Friday, but um, there's two other recruits in there, Noel and Dazoni. But beyond that, I mean, this is this is the Tommy Lloyd recruit. Like, this is the top guy. If he winds up bringing in other high school guys, I would be surprised just because there's not a lot left. And um, you're looking at Ty Ty and your recruit, and you're stepping in as a freshman. You're able to start for Arizona. New coach clearly wants you close to home. The offense is going to fit you. Um, yeah, like, is, is there a Kansas out there that is, you know, Bill Self is telling him he's the starting point guard too? Yeah, sure there is. But, um, you know, when you take a look at the meaning of a guy from Phoenix walking in and being able to start at the point guard for Arizona, uh, it's a big deal. And it's something where you know they're telling Ty Ty that because when you're from Arizona, um, it's very rare that you don't like Arizona in basketball. It's much different than football. Football, it's like whatever. Basketball, it's a whole different ballgame. You mentioned the three recruits that uh, Sean Miller had signed 
let's see what uh, the probabilities are of Arizona retaining them. You're listening to Locked On Wildcats, and if you wanted to make some money on betonline.ag, you should have listened to my guy Jason Shear, who told you early on, and I quote, let's make some money because Tommy Lloyd's going to be the next coach at the U of A, and that's exactly what happened. Now, Shear, three guys that Arizona has committed right now and signed. You've got KJ Simpson out of California, you got Shane Noel out of Seattle, and then you got Shane DeZoni out of New Hampshire. Let's talk about K.J. Simpson. You broke earlier that he's asked out of his um, letter of intent. I would imagine that he's probably going to be going somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, the goal for him was to go to UCLA, but UCLA got Miles Johnson. They don't have any scholarships left, so they would need a guy to leave. But I, I think K.J. Simpson's a really smart kid, and he's not stupid. I mean, they're recruiting Ty Ty to start at the point. He knows that. He's fully aware of that. Um, he's fully aware that his role will be a little different should they get Ty Ty? And, you know, if Ty Ty says, look, I got to, I'm deciding in three weeks. If you're KJ, you can't really wait for those three weeks. You got to kind of see what's out there. So um, him, I would be really surprised if he came back. All right. Now let's talk about Shane DeZoni. Now I've actually uh, talked to this kid a few times. And again, I don't know how badly the staff wants him, what his frame of mind is, but the really muscular, compact kid from New Hampshire has mentioned multiple times that he is a, that Arizona has always been his dream school. So I would imagine that if Tommy Lloyd wants him and really reaches out, again, I'm just speaking from an outsider perspective, I would imagine that he would have a willing participant there. Yeah, I think that's more from Lloyd's side than it would be from DeZoni. I think if Lloyd wants him and Murph is still here, which he will be, uh, he's coming to Arizona. He made it very clear Arizona is his dream school. He's not lying about that. Um, if he sees the fit and Lloyd sees the fit, um, he's coming to Arizona. Now, the question is, again, if Lloyd says, look, I got to see where this roster is, you got to give me a few weeks, is DeZoni willing to wait until May um, and kind of go from there? My guess is yes, but I, I think that this one specifically is more on Lloyd um, than it would be uh, on DeZoni because I think DeZoni would be happy coming to Arizona still. Yep, and uh, Shane Noel, I think, is the next one in that he's a guy that I've never understood quite why he didn't have a bigger list of suitors, but anytime you have a changeover like he's had, it's something where I would imagine that you're going to have a chance to be able to get him if you want, but at the same time, if you're Washington, that's going to be something that you're going to probably want as well. Yeah, I mean, if I'm Washington, I'm tampering every day because that's <laughs> that's the cool thing to do right now is just, you know, with the portal and all that. But he's a guy, I, my guess is he's waiting for Jason Terry, and Jason Terry is up in the air right now. Um, and if Jason Terry comes back, I, I think he fits in very well with what Lloyd wants to do. And I think if you're Tommy Lloyd, you would be happy taking Noel back. But another smart kid, good family, um, and another situation where, look, you know, I, I, my guess is by the end of the week, we know what Jason Terry is doing. Uh, I think that's kind of next on the schedule for Lloyd is meeting with the assistants and all that. Um, I don't know if he's had those sit down conversations yet, but if Jason Terry stays at Arizona, I, I think there's a good chance that Shane Noel stays and, and he would be a good fit. Um, but if you're Washington, uh, you're offering that kid through his AU coach or whatever, whatever you need to offer him in terms of starting in minutes and, and all that to get him. But I mean, the first go around, he had no interest in Washington. Like it was pretty much Arizona. And so it'll be interesting to see what he does, but good fit and a guy that I would definitely take. Yeah. And let's talk a little bit about Jason Terry and we'll hit on that next time you come on. But is this basically a feeling where he feels that he kind of got shafted a little bit, that he wasn't really ever considered here 
and but Tommy Lloyd would like to have him on his staff. So JT's basically got to make that decision. What do I want to do next? Yeah, I mean, JT's in a really difficult spot because you're, you got interviewed for the head coaching job. Your friends got interviewed for the head coaching job, and then everyone told you it was a fake search, and the guy that they hired was going to be the guy the whole time. So Jason Terry's like, do I play or do I coach for this guy that I know? You know, it's not his fault. It's not Tommy Lloyd's fault, but do I stay with the admin here knowing what happened? Um, or, you know, it, it, do I have a, other opportunities? And he has other opportunities from what I understand. So it's just a matter of, do I stay here and learn under Tommy Lloyd, be an assistant coach and, and go somewhere else in a few years? Or do I just start that? Do I go back to the Dallas Mavericks, work in the NBA? Like, what do I want to do? And I think that's the decision that, that he has to make because the reality is at Arizona, there's no upward mobility for a while. Like, he's not going to move up with the assistant coaches. He's not going to become head coach of Arizona anytime soon. And so he has a, a decision to make there. Jason, uh, browbeat you for about a month and a half to get on. We've, this is your second time in four days, and I guarantee to the people out there, I have heard the demands, and Jason will be back on this week. For Jason Shear, I'm Mike Luke. You've been listening to Locked On Wildcats.